I will take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be, the podcast that will mount the world. Who owns the North? We do. Our reign has just begun. We are here to cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Andrew of House Ultimate Warrior. And my name is Kevin of House LeBron Snow. Andrew, the ninth episode, Battle of the Bastards, this week. You know what I learned from this episode? What's that, Kevin? I learned that if you got a dog... You need to feed the dog. Yeah, you got to feed the dog. You got you got to and maybe just because of what happened, you got to feed the dog a little bit extra. Maybe a touch. Just yeah. keep the dog happy. Keep the dog happy. If you got multiple dogs, keep multiple dogs happy. Get extra food. Keep the dogs happy and, and by no means let them go 7 days without eating. <laughs> because it will not. backfire on you no matter how loyal those dogs are. I completely agree. Andrew, we also saw, speaking of dogs, a dog pile on John. Dog pile on John. Dog, dog pile, pile on John. On John. Uh, yeah, dog piles uh, in Westeros, not not as much fun there uh, in the no, battle. Not even. fun at all. Actually, they're, they're, they're kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, that was that was pretty rough. I didn't know if John was going to make it out. I was like, you know what? It, it would be very good with Game of Thrones if Don or if John just suffocates in a dog pile. Yeah, like that would be pretty brutal. You know, the other thing we learned is that uh, Mom came back to Marine, mm. and Mom fixed everything. Yeah, because Mom's great. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Thanks Mom. Mom. Danny, Danny came back and 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 fixed everything. Uh, With so, a little help from her friends, uh, you know, a little. Uh, but Tyrion helped a little bit. Tyrion little. maybe stopped her from doing something uh, a little rash. In the future, Mommy put in down the, the future. line. But in terms of the mess that was left, Mom came in and cleaned she did. it all up. She did clean it up. She talked to you. the neighbors. Everything's cool. <laughs> you know, everything's cool with the neighbors. Okay, Kevin, let's preview about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go over the box score. Huge box score. Uh, we got the wildfire hot take segment. Got some, got some brutal, some wildfire scorching takes today. We <laughs> got to step your game up. You put this together where we're going to play the old game MFK, but it's going to be Mary Flay or kill sure. in honor of Ramsey Bolton's demise. Rest in peace, Ramsey. Uh, and then we'll also close with the book of brothers and it is known prediction segment. Uh, but first let's go into the box score. This is the biggest box score of <laughs> the, of the season and maybe of the entire show so far. And so me being the official scorekeeper and by official scorekeeper, meaning I, I go back through and I, and I count, I'm the only, like okay. only one in this between you and I, <laughs> I do none of this. <laughs> who counts who has died and who has killed who? Uh, I'm the official scorekeeper. So I'm going to go I through agree. this. Lots of kills. I think there's over 30. Yeah. Okay. So let's start in Marine. Okay. Dario gets a kill. He mm -hmm. decapitated on Dothraki when he's, you know, riding up on the horse. Grey Worm got two kills, you know, like one 
one motion, two kills on those slaver diplomats. That was a nice move. That was a very nice move. And then I'm going to go ahead and give these kills to Drogon. It's when the dragon attacked the ship. Yeah. Very hard to tell how many people were on that ship. <laughs> I tried to count, but then it switches cuts. Mm. And I couldn't tell if I counted that person or not. So you I'm going to I'm going to say it's 15. I'm going to say it's 15 people. And if anyone wants to dispute that, they're more than welcome to if they can prove to me that there are more than 15 people <laughs> on the show. You have to you I mean, I'm more than happy to change the official box score on this. Listen, if anybody could figure out how many people died on that boat, it's Game of Thrones internet. Like Game of Thrones internet can figure out anything well i asked on twitter and it got a bunch of likes but no one actually went back and did it <laughs> they probably thought you were joking <laughs> they probably I, by no were, like, means was i joking clever. you I, were I, not trying to be clever <laughs> no I, I was not joking i didn't i could figure it out and so i'm like i can outsource this nope not gonna work so we're gonna call it 15 and if, if you have a problem with that then you figure it out okay let's go to the battle up into the north, mm. uh, start off with some smaller ones. Sansa gets one kill. Ramsey Bolton. Sort of. Can we give well, this to her? We're going to give it to her. We're going to give okay. it to her. All right. That's fine. Uh, Ramsey, two kills. Rickon Stark, and one one. Mm. Pretty good kills, though. I mean, if you think about it. Big characters. I mean, one small character, one big character. And, like, both of them with pretty excellent shots. He's pretty good. I mean... Say what you want about Ramsey, but he is very good at what he does. He is very good at what he does. Uh, Tormund gets four kills, one of those kills being small John Umber. And so I did go through the battle, and okay. as this giant melee was happening, I counted. Like, when, when Tormund, like, stuck an axe into someone's head, like, check There's mark. one. There's one. <laughs> and I only counted four for Tormund. And okay. one of them was the, the eating small John Umber's neck out. That was pretty good. Uh, and then the other ones, just to go through here, I think I had uh, Small John Umber had two, and then Jon Snow, I counted 15. Wow. So yeah. you went and, through uh, each one. Did you hit, like, pause as you went, or were you like, okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind from the I start had to rewind a couple times. Jon Snow. Yeah, I had to rewind a couple times. Okay. But, you know, he was pretty good. He, he was swinging that sword. Uh, you know, pretty lucky, I think, you know, right. a lot of arrows raining down, but, uh, you know, he's the prince who's promised, man. This is what he gets. He's, right. he's got those power. He's he, like, I mean, it would have been I mean, all those arrows come and, and, you know, he misses out on all the, all the bad, like he, an ax randomly doesn't hit him. Right. But I mean, it would have been like poetic if like he died in the dog pile, <laughs> you know, no, like that was, that was his Wyatt Earp and tombstones moment. Or crossing no. the no. no, 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 yeah. Where's Jon Snow? Over by the creek, walking on water. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's basically what that was. That's okay, was. Kevin, uh, so we know all the kills. Let's go to the MVP of the episode. And the criteria, of course, is whatever you want it to be. It could be who advanced their cause the most, who is the most badass, or, or just because. We've got several to contend with here. Uh, Jon Snow. So he was the general, he was the leader of this uh, Stark expansion team, and his team won. And, uh, you know, he's pretty good with the sword. His strategy was pretty bad. <laughs> you know, his strategy uh, in Watchers on the Wall was a lot better. Uh, did not go as well for him 
you know, he, he he was he was saying all these fancy words like pincer move and you know impressing torment with all these fancy words, and then didn't even right do anything with it. Right. Uh, so there's John uh, Sansa Stark. You know, went and got back up, even if it's kind of sleazy backup that she didn't tell anyone about. Uh, she was Twitter's choice hmm. for MVP. Of course, she was. Twitter loves Sansa. Yeah, Twitter does love Sansa. Uh, Tormund, you know, he may not know what a pincer move is, but uh, he definitely knows how to bite a man's throat out. Yes, he does. Like, he, he knows his very few things very well. Mm-hmm. He may mm-hmm. think that Davos is talking about real demons, but he knows. That was so cute. <laughs> Did that was you so see adorable. these demons? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, okay, 1-1. One, one. It took him like 30 arrows to take him down. Uh, he was the best on the battlefield. Oh, I think I missed it. 1-1 one, one had three kills. It seems like he had more, but he was mostly just swinging his arms around. Hard to say. Uh, a couple other ones. Daenerys, uh, she burned one ship, but that's she all she really it. needed to do. She won the war by basically burning one ship. Uh, and then also, kind of a side note, the banner design companies in Westeros... You know, if anyone that owns a banner design company is busy these days, it's it's these people because there are new banners flying on every every castle, every episode. I mean, they're getting these like emergency rushes, like yeah, we're gonna win this battle tomorrow. You gotta have these banners ready for us. I literally we just we just made the Lannister ones for River Run. We just (laughs) we can't fill all these orders. I literally was just thinking about this like right after this because because it was obviously game seven in the NBA. So, you know, they, they pull out the, the hats, you know, the championship hats and the championship t-shirts. I wondered aloud if they also like prepared Stark banners, uh, just in case they won. Oh, Winterfell to fall. like if they, if they, if they were prepared just in case, you know, they make it for both teams. They make the, the, they make the shirts for both teams. What happens and you know the design companies like there's no way the Starks are gonna win this. Why are we wasting our time? But they're probably happy that they did because sure enough, the Starks won. They got to drop the banners, and uh, that was like the equivalent of Game Seven, like championship T-shirts. I like it. So, are there Bolton championship banners like hanging right. somewhere in like the middle of the Dothraki Sea at some poor yep. village? Yep, that's exactly right. Bolton Championship t-shirts like being worn by some small village kid who can't get access to water. And then in like 35 years, we'll be worn by like hipsters. Yeah, in uh, Williamsburg, King's Landing. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so who's your MVP, Andrew? Um, I'm going to go with Jon Snow just because he was... Yeah, he was the leader. Uh, He killed 15 people in the battle. Uh, he did almost lose the whole thing for everybody. But I'm going to go with Jon Snow. Okay. Cat, right. Best player on the best team. I think I got to go 1-1. Only because, and here's the reason, like, <laughs> we've seen uh, sieges that could last a while in Game of Thrones. There was this, a potential to be a siege here. This one lasted 30 seconds. And, <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, you know, he's he's behind the behind all the the walls, and he's going, "Oh, we could last, we could outlast him. We've got Winterfell." And the next thing you know, one one said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." One one came in and ended that siege single handedly, and you know, he, he he did at least expand the amount of time it took before 
the uh, knights showed up to uh, run through the army. So I think one one's my guy here. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, let's move on to the Hall of Fame qualifiers. Uh, this is, of course, to qualify for the Hall of Fame, you must be dead. And right. you qualify for the Hall of Fame, or you get voted into the Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros. At the end of the season, if you are a member of the Book of Brothers, and therefore an honorary member of the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros, you will get to vote on the Hall of Fame. So make sure to get uh, your comment in uh, to the iTunes ratings, and we will put you into the Book of Brothers. But there are four people we need to talk about. Let's start off with Small John Umber. Uh, he died, so he's he eligible for the uh, Hall of Fame. I couldn't distinguish him from Harold Karstark. I couldn't remember who was who, so I'm gonna go ahead and just pass him over. Yeah, he does not. He's not gonna be uh, in the Hall of Fame. Agreed. As I rewatched to count it, you know the the Umbers, their sigil is the the chains going across their uh, going across the flag, going across okay. the banner. So he had chains going from shoulder to his waist across his body. That's how you could tell that was the Umbers. Gotcha. So in, in any case, he went into the battle, got killed by Tormund. Good. I, I'm done talking about him. Let's move on and talk about Rickon. Rick and Stark. Yeah. Any shot for you? You know, if there's anybody, if this was a Mario Kart Hall of Fame, like he could be up there, but if, since this is a Game of Thrones Hall of Fame, I mean, he didn't even say a word this season. <laughs> he was literally on screen several times, no words, zero words. Okay, so there's if there's specific Hall of Fames, like the Agricultural Hall of Fame, sure. or the College Wrestling Hall of Fame. If there is a Crushing Walnut Hall of Fame, would he be eligible? Mm. Do you think he could get in there? <sighs> I don't have a great frame of reference. I think he's better at it than I am. Okay. So, I mean, probably, yeah. I'd okay. say he's up that, there. That's probably enough. That's probably <laughs> that's enough. That's so, literally so Rickon, the end of my reference. Rickon's probably not going to get in, but these next two ha- have real shots. Okay, 1-1, one, one, the mm. giant from north of the wall, last of his kind, one-man battering ram. Uh, what if he had been the one to hold the door, Kevin? If 1-1 was holding the door, Andrew, the door would still be held. 1-1, you know what? 1-1 is probably... If I wanted to see a fight in this universe, it would be 1-1 versus Oberon. Oh. And I don't know who would win, but I think it would be pretty epic. That Because it would take a lot of cuts. Right. But he has that ability. Right, because, I mean, it took like 80 arrows. To kill him. Uh huh. Okay, and then let's move on and talk about Ramsey Snow. Mm. His notable feats are he was a great dog trainer. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Except for starving them. Except for starving them. And uh, he did pretty well for himself for being a a bastard of Roose Bolton. Yeah, you know of people that made their way in Game of Thrones universe and succeeded uh, probably beyond their means. Ramsey's up there. And truthfully, he got a little sideswiped here. He kind of got screwed in this battle. He, he won. I mean, under the normal circumstances of, of, of all the information he had, he, we would have won. 
he was but it was beyond the information close. that he had this was a massacre i mean it wasn't it wasn't even a close fight i don't even know how you can i mean I, we probably should have put odds on the battle beforehand but knowing what we know now like it was a, a shoe in he would have won right but but he lost And then he got eaten by dogs. So and he got eaten by dogs. Okay, so final choice: one, one, Hall of Famer or no? uh, How many people get voted into the Hall of Fame? We don't know. We don't know yet. I think it's probably going to be of all eligible voters, like seventy percent have to vote yes. Similar to like baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, I think one, one is a has a good chance. Then okay, what about Ramsey? I think he should be. I don't know if he will be. Uh, he's not a crowd favorite out there, uh, but I definitely think he should be. Okay. All right. Let's move on and talk about some wildfire hot takes. Wildfire. Stand clear. Stand clear. Number one, Kevin Khaleesi, Daenerys Stormborn, is now a dragon rider and pretty good at it. It's like Spyro the Dragon, the video game out there, just flying around, shooting fire. So, in the past, you're not into this, <laughs> right? The what, dragons, dragons are... Dragons. Are you into this now? No. I mean, sure. I don't know. It's like an Air Force to me. I, I just assume... I just count it as an Air Force. I don't really count it as, like, dragons. Okay. So, that's that's a yes. I guess so. I mean, she has an Air Force. Some people have a Navy. So people have an army. <laughs> so she's got she's a got navy now too. It looks like she's got a hundred ships from the Ironborn, and right. then whatever the uh, slavers' boats were. I mean, the slavers' boats aren't just any schlub boats. I mean, they have fireball slingshots. Those things were awesome. Yeah, I mean, we started the show off with a close-up eyeball point of view view point of view camera of the fireball slingshot. Yeah. I mean, that's how important they are. Yeah, those were pretty sweet. But uh, I think we got a taste of what's going to happen in the next two seasons. You know, John could have used those dragons up north, and the mm. battle would have been over in, in two seconds. And I think it goes to show you it's just completely different ways of doing battle. We had this whole big medieval, you know, run at each other fight in the north, and then we had this fireball from the air thing, which is you know, <laughs> like. Way, I mean, millenniums in advance in terms of I agree technology. You know, I did find myself concerned for the dragons. Oh no! Because I was thinking, as those fireballs were going through the air, I was wondering. I hope they they are able to fly around those fireballs so they don't get hurt. So I found myself cheering for the dragons. That that was a thought that went through my head. So this is called development for you. Maybe I am coming around. If you have compassion for these CGI dragons, <laughs> I think I did. You're, uh, I think you're on board now. I think, I or you're think getting. You, maybe you haven't admitted it to yourself, but you're you're getting closer. I think so too. All right. Well, um, let's move on, Andrew. Uh, Ramsey. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but Ramsey's strategy in the Battle of the Bastards was so far superior to John's. Do you agree, Andrew, that Ramsey's best comp in sports is Bill Belichick in terms of game planning? Oh, sure. He had the perfect game plan scheduled, and he stuck to it. You know, and, and Bill Belichick does a fair bit of cheating. I think we can all agree on that. You know, he, But I'm not even sure Ramsey cheated. No. Like, well, it depends on what you think about Rickon, but, but otherwise, no, he, he was a fairly straightforward battle commander. 
other than the killing your family member right before the the fight. It depends what you think about Gronkowski. Like, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Well, exact it's like, I mean, if the other team were to have Glenn Gronkowski, former K-State <laughs> fullback, uh, like on the other side of the field with a knife to his throat before kickoff, uh, I mean, they, you could probably say that's cheating. I bet there are not many podcasts in the Game of Thrones universe talking about Glenn Kronkowski, <laughs> unless potentially he becomes an extra in one of these shows, which is probably more likely than him being on an NFL team. Okay. Well, you know, the guy who played 1-1 played at Penn State really? basketball. Yeah. Wait, 1-1? Yeah, the guy who played the giant 1-1. Yeah, so they do CGI to make him look bigger, but they have a guy in a costume. That looks uh, like that? He played at, He played at Penn State. Cool. I did not know that. Interesting. Chew on that little nugget. That is a nugget. Okay. What about Jon Snow then as a comp? Is he like Herm Edwards? Like kind of like the, you play the win to game. Like you play to win the game type of guy, but really no strategy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to come up with one. And I think the best one I have is not a sports reference. Okay. It's Donald Trump. And that Donald Trump just like does whatever he wants in the exact moment. Okay. And so that's what Jon Snow did. He didn't go back to his strategy. He didn't go back to his advisors to see what's going on. He's just like, mm, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to attack. And if. Well, isn't if, the better comp uh, Ned Stark, who would have dropped everything to go try to rescue one of his family members? Maybe. But in the end. Uh, Ned Stark did try to join the Night's Watch, so he had a little bit of strategy there. He stuck to it and got a little blindsided by Joffrey, but I, I think that there's a lot of parallels with okay. with Ned Stark there. I, I like that. Okay, good talk. Okay, let's move on and talk about the Ironborn. The Ironborn made this deal with the devil and that they're supporting Daenerys' claim to the throne. However, they have to give up their way of life. No more pillaging. No more reaving. This is like Bill Pelichek wanting to be a coach, but agreeing not to cheat anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know how they can make this deal. What are they going to do? I, I mean, this I is a, a culture based on the iron price, where if you want to get like new boots for your birthday, <laughs> like if I want to get you a birthday present, Kevin, I have to go murder a guy, take sure. his shoes off his feet, and then present them to you. That's the iron price. That's how hardcore these people are. Well, you know, if you think about it, though, the uh, the uh, Khaleesi or the calls and the tell help me what are the 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 Dothraki. I couldn't come up with that word. The Dothraki do that. Right. That's their deal, too. Uh, and she's cool with the Dothraki. But do you think she's kind of changed them? Has she convinced Dothraki folks to not do that kind of stuff anymore? No, because that speech she gave. Right. In season so that's what five, it's like, we're going to go over there. We're going to do all this bad stuff to him. Hmm. And they were into it. So maybe it's just that she doesn't want them to do the things that they're doing because they've been causing a pain in the butt for uh, Westeros for a while. And she's just saying, here's the ground rules. I need you to chill and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll re recognize you. I don't think that's going to last, but I no? think that the Ironborn sold out. Oh, they definitely sold out. But did they sell out or did uh, Theon and Yara sell out? Well, they, they made they the choice for everybody. And, and Danny's got dragons. If she wins, the Ironborn have been sold out by their own kind. 
Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm not into that, first of all. So uh, I kind of like the Ironborn staying the way that they are. Uh, I'm on your on side here. Let's keep America, America. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. So Tormund invited Davos to come drink a jug of sour goat's milk, Andrew, which is, of course, stronger than any of that grape water the Southerners drink. I did a little research here. Okay. There's not a lot out there about goat's milk being fermented. However, I did find that Arag, or also called kumis, which is fermented horse milk, is a very popular alcoholic spirit in Mongolia. Okay? So the problem here is, though, that the beverage is only 2% alcohol. So you're going to have to drink, like, a whole shit ton of it to get drunk. Andrew, would you get drunk on fermented horse milk? Well, I think I may have done that in the past on accident. It would be fermented cow's milk, but maybe I've, I've left a carton of milk in the uh, in the fridge too long that it starts ah. to get that different color and it starts to expand. Uh, I think that, and I maybe have tried that once and okay. I got sick, hmm. just as a joke. But so I think that maybe I've done this before. Okay, I would not recommend it. You know, this could be if it's as strong as Tormund says it is. This could be a new shot for the circle of death. Remember playing that game? I hated that game. Oh, that game was the worst. Did you guys have to like mix up the worst shot ever? Did, yeah, because it was like did? the first drinking game anyone played because it was the right. only one people anyone knew how to play. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that if you're going to play that game, you should deserve that drink. That would be a good one for the circle of death. All right, I want to talk about the battle. Quick power ranking. We're not going to go do a full power rank, but do a quick power ranking. What were the best parts of the battle? Uh, whew, my favorite part of the battle was the slow motion shots. Oh, like when like the, horses the horses are running. Yeah. How yeah. sweet was that? That, that was, was like awesome. pretty awesome, like film type, you know, watching a movie type stuff. That was probably my favorite part. Um, the, you know, I also really liked the, the flayed men, uh, burning. I thought that was a nice touch. And in the, uh, in between the fields there. Well, and you know what that was? Those are distance markers for the archers. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. And How they could tell that? they could tell what Did you read that somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. I don't know. All right, I was gonna say you didn't come up with that. No, but it's like where the wind <laughs> like and they could tell where the wind was blowing. It's like the fire would show like it's blowing this way or this way. All right, that's but pretty so, good. So see, Ramsey knows what he's doing. Here's here's my notes from <laughs> I'm gonna give you my my as because I do little notes on my iPhone during the, the show. Here's my notes. Awesome footage, slow motion, horses and other shit, arrows, everything, John down horses, John and music. What? John doing good, but find a horse, man. <laughs> Who owns the North? We do. <laughs> those, those. Oh, wait, I got more. Uh, Ramsey has a way better plan than John. John getting trampled like Tyrion. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. John got trampled like Tyrion in the war. And then, uh, like, next yeah. thing you know, like, Tyrion wakes up and asks if we won. I was Oh, if they would have ended the battle like that, that, that would have been great. Like, I would have been mad, but, like, John gets knocked out. Like, did we win? Yeah, you missed a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, there was some awesome stuff in this. Dude, what were your favorites? Well, I kind of liked the phalanx encirclement where all yeah. the soldiers, like, circled around. And then you had the pile of dead bodies acting as, like, the other part of the wall. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. I liked that. Uh, he had a way better plan. He had such a good plan. He, it was great. It was, he it got was, screwed. It was textbook. If I bet on this, 
if I literally if I bet on this game, I would have been so mad because it's like it's a bad beat, man. That is a bad, bad beat. beat. It's a bad beat. I also liked uh, just kind of the middle of the battle where random stuff's going on. John's like just like trying to find someone to kill. He's like just looking around, swinging his sword randomly. It just kind of shows that it, I think it's one of one of the only times I can remember of like a battle not being very pretty or mm-hmm. highly choreographed. It was just like I don't know what's going on. That's and especially cool. that symbolized I think in the dog pile. Yeah, like, these things aren't supposed to happen, but you just get trapped. Yeah, no, I, I actually thought the the whole shot of the entire battle was really cool. I think they obviously spent a whole lot of money on that whole thing. There were a lot right. of horses, a lot of extras. That was pretty cool. What do you think of uh, this compared to the previous battles, like uh, Blackwater or the Watchers on the Wall or Hardhome? Honestly, if I was, it, it might be a little too new, but I would put it third or fourth on that list because I really liked those other ones. Really? I need to rewatch this. I know I need to rewatch this. Just the the shot though, like the filming of it, I thought it was awesome. But just I don't know. I liked that. Maybe it's just I'm I'm holding this episode down a little bit because I didn't love the episode compared to those other ones. I liked it. I liked it a lot, and I really loved the the battle. But uh, I kind of like some of those other ones a little better. I really liked Hard Home. I really liked uh, Blackwater. This is probably third there. Okay. Okay. What about you? Where do you put? Well, I I think it's above Watchers on the Wall for me, and. Yeah. Maybe above Hard Home because it it's it's more nitty gritty than Hard Home. Hard Home has yeah, like a couple true. a couple skirmishes and then some CGI zombies running down a cliff. All those were great things. Yeah, but I think in terms of like a real battle, like you saw the war. You're you see, you're right, you, and if you can kind of feel where you were. You're right, you had right. a sense of place. Uh, if and, we're ranking battles, I'm with you. Just like bet the actual battle, I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. All right, uh, a couple of things we also did in this battle is that they had this parley, parlay, where they went out and they did a little conference. Little mm-hmm. The captains shook hands before the battle was going to take place. And I was just thinking, I think the NBA should have these too. So before a game, the coaches and the team captains, you know, meet in the middle of the floor on horseback <laughs> if they want to. Sure. And they exchange some jabs, you know, like make – fun of Kevin Love for not being able to rebound anymore. You know, just do little little jabs, little jabs uh-huh. here and there. Uh, and then one of the captains can ask the other captain for single combat. So they have to play one-on-one with the captain from the other team to decide the game instead of just mm-hmm. playing the game. And uh, like my question to you is, is who would be the best single combat one-on-one player? Right now, I think I would take Kevin Durant. Me too. Oh wow, we agree. Absolutely, I he is, we he is the one this. thought in my head because he's he's more balanced than anybody else. I he's thought we were faster than LeBron. He can he's taller than LeBron. I mean, he's a six foot eleven guard. Guard, right? Wow. LeBron's gonna... tough, but like you could go like a Chris Paul is a small, quick guy. Steph sure. Curry, you know, in terms of Game of Thrones, Steph Curry is just a really really good archer. Yeah, you're right. Right? He just yeah. shoots threes, and he's really good at it, but really if it comes good. down to close combat, he's just you, average. He's, he's okay. You want that guy on your team, but he's not going to lead you to victory. That's it. I mean, you want the guy on your team because he brings you an elite skill, but he's that he's like uh, Ramsey. Ramsey's really good at the bow and arrow, but did he win? The, <laughs> did he win? Absolutely not. Another one that was tough, though, because I also thought Harden could be an option. 
Yeah, and I think so too. Because Harden's not a team player. He's totally a one-on-one player. Right. And in this right. situation, great. Uh-huh. Anyway, no, I really like your idea here. I think this should definitely be a thing. Uh, and and although probably would not be, you know, if you if you bought tickets to the game, you showed up, and you got there to watch the games, and they just settled it in the first <laughs> 30 seconds and everyone went home. Well, you probably have to play to, like, 21. You probably have to just play 21. Like three pointers are worth two, two pointers are worth one. Half court, make it, take it, make it, take it. <laughs> All right, well there you go, uh, Andrew. What other institutions could adopt this practice? I feel like there's more we could do here uh, to have these parlays in in, in other in other uh, areas, like potentially a courtroom. Well, courtrooms could have trial by combat. Like that's that's where it would sure. be adopted. Sure. Uh, when we used to have duels to settle these types of things. Yes, we as, did. As as you've seen recently, Alexander Hamilton was was in a duel to settle a dispute in the past. I am not throwing away my shot. Um, yeah, no, I think yeah, I think maybe we should bring back duels. Really, maybe that's what, maybe that's the answer here. I just wish I could challenge someone to single combat if they challenge me to words with friends on Facebook, and then I just <laughs> click like. Deny that, but single combat. combat. I'm going to fight you now. <laughs> I'm gonna fight Quit you. sending me that. I'm going to fight you now. <laughs> Where's the fight button? All right. Well, all right. One more uh, question here, Andrew. And this isn't really a clever question. I'm really struggling with something, though. And I want you to help me. I've literally been thinking about this all day. All day at work. Uh, why did Sansa not tell John about the whole Littlefinger Gandalf save the day crew? That was coming. And I've got some theories that I would like to to pitch to you. Maybe you have an answer for this. I've not looked at anything online. I've not read anything, any kind of whatever think pieces on this. I have not listened to any podcasts. I have no idea what anyone else is saying. But here's my four theories. Number one, and I want your your input on each one. She wasn't sure if they'd come. Why make a battle plans and get hopes up if they don't show up? Maybe the Boltons shoot down their raven. Like, what, what if... Ramsey's a decent shot after all. What if he shoots down the Raven and they don't come and we've, we've got everyone's hopes up? That's that's theory number one. What do you think of that theory? I don't think that's going to be it because, you know, just disappointing people or deflating these people's hopes. Mm-hmm. Is that enough reason to not say anything? I don't think I it is. Not big okay. enough reason. All right. Number two, she's actually a battle tactician and she knew that John would find a way to screw it up. And that Bolton's folks would somehow be in the perfect position for a mounted force to mow them down. What about, what about that theory? I'm actually kind of into that. Are you? <laughs> I'm actually kind of into that because okay. it worked out perfectly. Let's say the Knights of the Vale showed up and were part of John's army at the beginning. Right. I'm. I'm Ramsey's going to have a plan for that too. Sure. I, I've got that one coming up. But okay. this is unexpected. I agree. Like, this it was is an unexpected like charge. Timing. Right. It was perfect timing. Okay, number three, she didn't trust anyone. No one can protect her, after all. She didn't want anyone to know the launch codes. What do you think? Yes or no? That could be part of it, too. It could be a blend of two and three. Absolutely. All right, number four, she thought that if Littlefinger's dudes showed up early, then she lost the tactical advantage of a late-blooming force attacking. If Bolton had known, he would have had a better plan. So this is the fourth one. And this is the one that I kind of like the best that she thought that if, if, 
if uh, Ramsey would have known, because he's a good battle tactician, if he'd have known that they were going to be there from the beginning, then that would have, he'd have had a plan for him. And as a result, she's, she kept it to herself. Well, I think that can still fit in with two and three. Okay. So it's a combination of two, three, and four. I think so. Okay. I, she, she's hiding stuff, but if I was John, I'd still be pissed. So, Will, do you think he's going to be? I think they're going to get over it. I think they're going to hug it out. But I think they need to have a frank conversation about how this yeah, is, how, how this communication needs to work. Yeah, they do. Did you? Do you have any other theories? These I literally thought these through all day. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got maybe she's embarrassed about Littlefinger. Like she doesn't want to be beholden to him, and mm. she doesn't know if she quite wants to accept his his troops or not. Because what's going to happen is that he's going to want to marry her now and become warden of the North. Ugh. That's what's going to happen. Ugh. And does she really want to do that? Like, does she want to take that leap? Hmm. Well, that will be interesting. I guess we'll see. It seems like there might be some information on that next episode. So we shall see. Andrew, what do you say we move on to the gambling bet sheet roundup? We are not gamblers. You are the world's best gamblers. Gambling. Right. 40,000 gold dragons to the champion. Look at the fun we're having. Okay, we've got the Battle of the Bastards death parlay. Okay, so who died? Rickon died, Small John, 1-1, and Ramsey. I think most people on the death parlay card did terrible, which is yeah. great for the book. Because there were so many names on there, people just were tempted, like Brienne, like, oh, okay, yeah, I think Brienne's going to die, Podrick's going to die. They weren't even in the episode, folks. Like, there was a shot they could have been, but so too many people went over to that death side that it kind of scrambled them up a little bit. Sucker uh, bets. Sucker, sucker bets. We told you, we told you, we parlays told you. are sucker bets. <laughs> uh, so the things we do know, Harold Karstark, we're going to c- classify him as alive. He was not shown dead uh, unless next episode they say Lord Karstark died. Uh, we're going to keep it as classified as alive, but hold on to those disputed tickets in case we do find out about that. <laughs> uh, but Kevin, I want to talk about your card a little bit. You got nine right. of 16. <laughs> it seems like everyone got around nine or 10 and that they could have done a lot better if they would have just been a little more focused. Most people put torment dying. Most people put Harold Karstark dying, and that's where they got a little thrown yeah. off. A lot of people put Davos and Melisandre. Uh, some people didn't p- uh, put like everyone correctly or you know pretty well, but then Ramsay didn't die. So mm-hmm. you know, I think people were a little too aggressive on choosing the deaths. You know, anybody that listened to Jimmy the Bravosi probably also didn't do very well. We need to probably check on him someday pretty Jimmy. soon and make sure he's okay jimmy's been trying to get torment to die all season he really has it was close not not it was close. gonna happen uh but i want to point out cole uh the master of whiskers one of the first book of brothers uh got 15 out of 16 he only missed wow. harold Carstark. so and then uh on twitter the parody fake fake westeros account at the red woman Got 13. Those were the best two I saw. And then all the ones on Reddit that we posted, uh, there's a couple who did pretty well, but most people did bad. Oh, there you go. 
All right, uh, speaking well, of, on the betting sheet, I just want to pull this up. Yes. Okay, on the betting sheet, I'm seeing if anyone on the list died. I don't think so. So all the folks on the death pool are still alive following the Battle of the Bastards. I would not have predict- predicted that. So Melisandre's still alive, Tormund. Wow. All yeah. A lot of huh. lot of money being made there in, in Bravos. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So okay. that's our bet roundup. Uh we're gonna have you know that conclusion next week when the playoffs are over, when the finals are over, and the season is done, we'll give you a more comprehensive roundup. But now, Kevin, it's time to step your game up. What you looking at? Step your game up. What you waiting for? Step your game up. Go come on in the dust. Step your game up. Drop it to the floor and just. All right, Andrew. In honor of Ramsey's death, we're gonna play a little twist on a famous game that Ramsey would enjoy. It's called Mary play kill in this game we will present three characters to the other person so i'll start i'll give you three characters one of which you will have to marry one of which you have to flay and one of which you would have to kill and that's it you just have to allocate the persons into those categories so for instance let's start with an easy one this is maggie the frog lawless stuck stokeworth and hot pie Okay, you have to marry one, you have to kill one, you have to flay one. Okay, you gotta marry Hot Pie. Right, that's a right. guarantee. Because <laughs> was, he's gonna make so you easy. tons of food. He's gonna <laughs> make you wolf easy. bread every day. That was a layup. That's I kinda a gave you that. layup. Uh, I'm glad it went that way, but that was a layup. And then you marry Lawless Stokeworth because the plan is already set out for you to take over the castle. You Good gotta point. get her sister to unfortunately fall off a horse. Braun has already set this up for you. Right. This was an easy one. And then you kill Maggie the Frog because you don't want to know your future. Well, wait, wait. Who are you Who are you flaying? Oh, flaying. Oh, yeah. You kill, oh, kill oh, one and I'm... flay the other one. Oh, I married Lawless, too. Okay, yeah, so can't, oh, can't I, I can't marry. I married twice. No, okay, so Hot Pie, marry. I think I'm going to kill Maggie the Frog, flay Lawless. <laughs> okay, there you go. That better? That's much better. I chose two Marys. Okay. Kevin, I've got one for you. All right. What do you get? The three characters are The Mountain, Hodor, and One One. Oof. I went with the big guys. Yeah, I noticed. I got it. There's a theme. The giant's blood. There's a theme here. There's the giant's blood running through all three of these gentlemen. I think I'll probably flay the mountain. Yeah, because if you flay the mountain... Blood's not going to come out. It's going to be that weird Kyburn juice. Yeah. I didn't want to kill him because I thought there might be a way to bring him back. So we're just going to flay him. We're just going to get it all, all over with. Uh, this is tough, really tough between killing and marrying 1-1 one, one or Hodor. Uh, Hodor seems to kind of be, a, you know, a gentle giant. 1-1, uh, you know, could obviously do a whole lot of things around the house. Uh I think I'm going to kill Hodor, sadly, and marry 1-1. Like, 1-1 could do some really cool stuff uh, for me. And, you know, like yeah, like I said, you can, like, I hate cleaning out the gutters. 1-1 could just clean out the gutters. 
So there you go. I'm marrying one one. Who do you? <laughs> what about you? What do you do on this one? I I'm following you. I'm I'm tracking you exactly for, for okay. mostly these same reasons. Like we're we're very similar uh, right. on these. All right, all right. Here's another one uh, for you, Andrew. Uh, this is of course marry, flay, or kill. The waif, Miranda, or tying sand. And, and you'll remember Tyene Sand. Uh, she's the one of the sand snakes. She's the one with the short hair that uh, oh, messes I know. with brawn. Okay. I, you know, just reminding the folks, reminding oh, the folks at home, the science sand snakes might get mixed up. I'm going to kill the waif because we did not get a satisfactory kill last week on mm. the show. It was all okay. in the dark. I'm going to flay... Miranda, because we got too much of a satisfaction on on her death. It was it was the thud. I still think about the yeah that sound effect of her falling good. off the rampart into the courtyard. I still think about that thud. Can we talk about the? And sound then I'm effects? gonna marry Tyene Sand. I'm with you. Can we talk real quick? Can we talk about the sound effects on the dogs eating eating uh, uh, Ramsey? Oh. Those are some good sound effects. I want to know what the Foley artists were doing. Like, what, 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 what do you think the Foley artists were doing in the background? Like, just taking raw chicken and, and just stretching it apart, or what? What, what do they have that they like, created that know. sound? But it was, it was. I think the only thing on they point. possibly could have done is have a have have a real person get their face bit off and, and record it. I don't know what else they could have done. I'm almost convinced that's what happened. I mean, I am almost convinced that sound was perfect. Uh, they need to get a raise. I'm with you on this one. I think uh, tying sand is probably uh, the only marriage material out of these three. Uh, not for any other reason than just it's like the least of Brains. the worst. Brains. Yeah. The waif and Miranda, not exactly marriage material, Andrew. Okay, my next one. Old Nan, <laughs> La- Lady Olena. And Septa Unella. A lot, lot of names that you got to get your tongue around. Oh, but boy. Old Nan, I don't Lady get Olena. my tongue around any of that. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. You said it. I did not mean it that way. <laughs> uh, this is tough, Andrew. I think I would probably marry Lady Olena, though. Like, she's oh, got, yeah. She's too sharp. Like, she'd be fun, just a conversationalist. You know, I think we'd have great conversations. She'd install you into some sort of seat of power just as like a sport for her. Right, right, exactly. Um, I'll probably kill old Nan and flay Septa Unella. Okay. Where do you, where are you on that? Um, I may have reversed old Nan and Septa Unella. <laughs> on the flay? Uh, on the flay. But uh, oh, Lady Olena as marriage material is the obvious answer that's a layup too that's a layup all right last one and your bonus round i'm gonna give you one that's a little tougher here this is actually legitimate candidates danny marjorie and egret see this is tough like this is like the most standard traditional answer traditional really kill (laughs) i'm gonna flay the wildling oh no yeah uh, I'm gonna probably marry Marjorie because everyone's doing it. That's a good. Everyone's point. doing it. Like the whole all Westeros is marrying Marjorie. It seems to be the cool thing to do. All the cool kids, all the high lords are marrying Marjorie. So <laughs> I want. I just want to fit in with those people. Sure, sure you do. And so that means I'd have to kill Danny because I think she's getting a little mad, getting a little crazy. She's gonna yeah. go. 
Gonna go burn some things down. I I'm very different from you on this one, Andrew. I'm flaying Danny. Uh, although the problem with that is, like, she's got this thing about fire. Like, she might, you know, turning that around. I'm gonna kill Danny. I'm gonna flay Marjorie, and I'm gonna marry Egret. Would you have to steal her? You know, to to marry Egret, you have to go into her in the cave. Into her? No. Well, you have to go find her and then kidnap her. Well, sure. That's, like, fine. that's how the wildlings operate. Are you prepared to do that? You know, I got a thing for redheads. Yeah, As you know, my, my wife is a redhead. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's fine. I'll okay. figure out. A, I'll figure that out. Well, listen, I'm not worried about that part of it. Uh, that means I also have to go flay Danny. How might I mean, <laughs> that seems. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you about wildling culture. Like, I oh, want you to you. think through everything. here. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. That's good perspective. Uh, to know. Okay, Andrew, uh, that that wraps it up for uh, Step Your Game Up, uh, of course, in honor of Ramsey and the fallen Ramsey uh, from this episode. What do you say, Andrew? Let's talk about bringing in some new Book of Brothers. Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. All the great deeds of all the great kings, girlfriend. That is correct. Okay, Andrew, to become one of the famed uh, brothers for the Brook of Brothers. It's very simple. All you got to do is go out to iTunes, subscribe to this here podcast that you are listening to, uh, leave us a a five-star rating and a comment, and that's it. Leave your name. Put your name in there somewhere, anywhere you want, and we will add you to the Book of Brothers. It is that simple. And, Andrew, before we do our vote for the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros, we got to fill in several more uh, Book of Bros here. And I think, uh, what's the plan for people that leave a comment between now and, and the end of the episode? Are we going to do all the rest of them? We'll Next have to episode? do all the rest of them. We'll make We're, sure to get you in there. We will get you in there. Just make sure you leave uh, your name and your comment. So uh, first up, Andrew, Kyle uh, is up here. And, and Kyle the Giver. Kyle lived in a village far in the north that would always get down in the dumps during winter time. I'm with them. Uh, one year though, he decided he'd do something about it on the 24th night of that winter. And each future winter, he would go from hut to hut, leaving gifts for the village children. When he couldn't get in the door, he'd just throw the gifts down the chimney and children would revo- rejoice when they woke up the next morning. Kyle raised the spirits of everyone in town. And that's why he was named Kyle the giver. Oh, I've never heard of this practice being done right? before. Right? This, is, yeah. this is unique to Westeros. Yep, yep. Kyle. All right, the next one is Kai. Okay. Kai the Closer. Mm. Kai lived by the mantra, always be closing. He was <laughs> able to sell the most Valyrian steel steak knives in the Crownlands region six years in a row. Wow. He won trips to Old Town and Storm's End. They're both off-season trips. And he was able to retire comfortably to his condo on Sunspear's South Beach. Wow, Kai. Impressive uh, sales mentality there. Uh, Okay, then we have Mike. Last one here. Snap Mike, as he was known, uh, for coming up with the first Raven service that used disappearing ink. It was called Snap Raven. It started off with ornery teenagers messaging inappropriate drawings of themselves to one another that would just disappear seconds after opening. But then it became pretty mainstream where disappearing ink ravens were flying all over the place, even among businesses seeking to capitalize on the widespread popularity of Snap Raven. So there you go, Mike. 
Snap Raven. I, I wonder Snap. how much that company's worth. It's probably forty thousand gold dragons. <laughs> at least, at least he's turned down several offers to uh, to purchase it. But uh, one of these days, he's going to sell out. Snap. Right. Snap Raven. Snap Mike. All right, let's move on to the It Is Known prediction segment to close out. It is known. It is known. It is known. It is known. Okay, Kevin. There's been a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah. A lot of foreshadowing. Is it actually going to deliver? Listen, if I picked up on it, it's got to, right? Because I'm not like a book person. I'm not reading Reddit every three seconds. I'm not doing, you know, all the, the whole GOT world universe thing, except that I'm on a podcast talking about it. But uh, there's been so much wildfire foreshadowing, man. Like the Tyrion talking about or talking to uh, to Danny, uh, that whole thing. And and uh, and I don't know, like about her dad and, and that there was wildfire under the deal. And like and then we heard about it from about Cersei and that whole is it true and whatever. Is she gonna set the thing afire? Yeah, I think she is too. I think I think that's. Ha- I mean, if it doesn't happen, it's because like Jamie kills her, like see, he did the Mad King. Out, see that, and I was just thinking about that. Like, so who's gonna stop it? And my first thought was Jamie. Jamie comes in, saves the day, just like uh, just like he did with the Mad King. That would be bonkers, and I hope that happens. That would be so cool. Uh, Andrew, another thing. Listen, I'm starting to come around. To the idea that Danny might actually be on the move. I think so. She might be on the move. She's got some ships now. She seems to be comfortable with uh, with where they're at there. I think she's on the move. Well, she's uh, got her army. Yep. She's got the Unsullied, the Dothraki, the Second Sons, ships, the Ironborn, and dragons. dragons. Like She's got to be kind of ready. And Tyrion. And Tyrion. <laughs> uh okay last thing uh andrew where is bran he is still north of the wall i believe just heading south i don't know where south but he's are we gonna south. see bran in the uh in the episode here coming up the in yes. the finals 100 percent, yes he was mm. in the trailer oh was he i didn't see it okay just briefly right. but he's he's pictured in the trailer All right. okay I, i've got a couple yeah. for you that i want to talk about davos or melisandra Battle mm. of the Century. One of them will not make it out alive next week. Mm. Two will enter. One will leave. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna take? Davos, Melisandre. I think Davos dies. You think Davos dies? I think Davos is gonna die. Okay. Well, and there's a possibility that both of them make it out alive, but it seems like there's some heavy conflict. We will see. Uh, I also, hope neither of them die. But I think if one of them dies, it's gonna be Davos. Okay, uh, I think one of them is gonna die. I, I I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna take Melisandre. I'm gonna go with Melisandre. Mel? Yeah, all right. I think she's done. She hasn't done a lot this season. I don't she see has, her story right. going forward much. You're right. Much further. You're right. You're right. All right, we're gonna say goodbye to Marine. I think you're right. I think we're done with it for the most part, other than some tying up some loose ends, wrapping up the business. Uh, but who's gonna stay behind to run the city? I think Grey Worm and Miss Sandy will be charged with running the city. Good. And that's they're going to stay and everyone else is going to leave. I think Tyrion's got to go back to Westeros. Although I could see Danny just leaving Tyrion in charge. 
I hope not. That would not be much fun. Leave Grey Worm with Sandy. They're not that interesting. <laughs> I think they should just stay behind. Uh, who else could we leave behind? Bran. We'll leave Bran there to help. Uh, <laughs> who else could we leave? They need to put together a surge committee to, to find a good city manager. Yeah, you know, we're going to span both continents to find the best capable city manager for Marine Bran. You've been chosen. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there though. I think I think someone will be left behind. Maybe Grey Worm and Sandy make some sense. But uh, I also want to predict that we're gonna have more flashbacks, and I think we're gonna get to see the end of the Tower of Joy. That's what everyone's been waiting for. So that's gonna be the big reveal, I think, at the end of the season. But uh, I'm I'm hoping to see it. I think there's a lot that could happen in this tenth episode. You know, usually the ninth one is the big one. Uh, but man, if it's true, if, if, if the foreshadowing is accurate, uh, that they're really, or maybe they're just throwing us a a red herring here, but if they're, if they're really, if that's really going to happen and then all this stuff with Danny leaving and potential tower of joy stuff, like all of that, like that could, that's some serious episode stuff, man. That's, I mean, it's not a battle, but it's, that's some big stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it may have a potential to be like a, Reigns of Castamere episode where there's not a big battle, but, you know, a big impact that everyone's going to remember. Right. Not coming in episode nine, but coming in episode 10. So hopefully we'll see something crazy. You know, they got to get moving. A lot has to happen if they're going to finish this up in you know 14 or 13, or 14 more episodes. Mm. But uh, I'm pretty jacked. Yeah, it'll be fun. And sad that, Andrew, there's just one more episode left uh, of Game of Thrones. But have no fear. We will continue... Uh, the podcast, we will certainly give you a end of season, uh, probably a pretty long episode there. We got to recap a lot of stuff. We got to make sure we get our Hall of Famers in. We probably need to make sure that we've got a definition of the Hall of Famers that are already in the Hall of Fame. Oh, we see, ha- we, we got to go back. Yeah. So that's an off-season thing. We'll make sure that we get everybody in the in the Hall of Fame that needs to be in the Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll probably have to work on the Book of Brothers here. So... Uh, so again, if you're not in the book of brothers, go out, just leave a comment. Super simple. takes about 30 seconds. Uh, give us that five-star rating, leave a comment, make sure you subscribe and that's it. That's all you got to do. Leave your name and you will be in the book of brothers. You will be a member of the Westerosi baseball, uh, writers association. And you too will be able to help us determine who is going to be in the hall of fame. Of course, we're going to have all kinds of other awards like uh, uh, newcomer of the year an MVP of the season and probably several other awards that we come up with uh, before then. So, so be sure to, to keep listening and, and look forward to, to talking about those segments. Kevin episode 10, one left. Get excited. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. This is going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. I'm, I'm pretty fired up after episode nine. And all this stuff that could happen in episode 10, like it might be even better. I'm really, I like this season, by the way. I, I think it's really good. I do too. I think, I, this I, season I think that really you can good. sort of see how they spent all their money uh, on this last episode. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, worth it, in my opinion. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Until then, Valar Magolis, Kevin. Valar Dorhiris, Andrew.
You got me twisted, thinking about the way that things used to be.